The Tech Leaders Toolbox podcast is brought to you by Paul Simpkins and the Boldly Lead program, focusing on helping tech leaders like you end the frustration of low-performing teams and losing excellent employees so they can increase productivity by 50%, go home on time, and sleep better at nights. Hello and welcome to the Tech Leaders Toolbox. I'm Paul Simpkins, and we're here because how you lead today determines how your team succeeds tomorrow. And you are definitely a leader. That's why you're here. And leadership is all about influence. And as a leader, you know that you have to increase your influence each and every day with your team. And you increase your value set and live by your values. And that's how you become a powerful leader. Now, this is episode 37 of the podcast, So let's talk about why you should be investing in leadership development right now, not tomorrow, right now. Are you ready? Let's go. We're in an election year and all the pandemonium that comes with that. We're having a pandemic, of course, Uh, the resulting economic hit from all of that, everything else going on. It's a very scary time to be in business right now. It's a very scary time to be a leader, and it is stressful, oh, so stressful. But great leaders know that even in times like this, and especially in times like this, they need to become more so that they can add more value to their team and generate more value out of their team. And they know that all of their other leaders need to become more as well. During times like this, it is quite natural to want to pull back, be a little conservative, maybe cancel some programs and some initiatives you were working on, uh, and maybe even focus on nothing but generating income. I know the last time we had a big economic downfall, I worked with a lot of organizations where leaders who had been embracing more of an empowerment model with their team Uh, business owners were suddenly pulling that back and becoming a lot more autocratic. And that's a very dangerous thing to do. It can have a huge setback. Great leaders know that when others contract, that's actually the time to expand. And if we wait, however, the decision to develop the leader in us and the leader around us comes too late. And all the damage is done. And we have an uphill climb to try and undo it. So it's the time to be investing in developing yourself and in developing the leaders around you. And what I wanted to share with you today is five signs that you urgently need to invest in leadership development today. So here they are. First is number one. If your HR office is a revolving door, this is often a discussion I have with leaders. And one of the first questions I'll ask in coaching sessions is, what is your turnover rate? Because retention can be a problem when you can't keep good people, not just great people. You want good people too. And if you can't keep the good people, you're not going to keep the great people. You got a problem. 
Turnover is a problem in a lot of organizations, especially within technical industries. It tends to be a huge problem. The generally accepted benchmark for an effective turnover rate is about 10%. Even if you give a variable of about 5% based on an industry, it's pretty safe to say that if you have a turnover rate of 25%, you've got a problem. 20% is a problem. Anything above that, you've got a revolving door. It's costing you tons of money in direct cost and productivity. For example, on average, it's going to cost you two to three times the salary of an individual to replace them. Think about that expense, especially in the tight budget times of today. And to say that high turnover is just a consequence of your industry or it's just a part of the cost of doing business is not only wrong, it's bad business. You've probably heard the cliche that people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. Well, you know why something becomes a cliche? Because it has a strong factual basis. It's probably more accurate to say that effective leadership has a very high influence on employee retention. It's not the only factor by far. So really making the statement that people quit bosses is a gross generalization. But it has a tinge of truth to it. But it's not a generalization to say that leadership not only directly influences retention, but also indirectly influences it. There's lots of factors that impact employee intention, retention that include alignment, learning and development, feedback and recognition, enablement, empowerment, teamwork, all of those factors in there. And every single one of those factors are about leadership influence. So if we draw the lines where there is high turnover, it is always due to one of these factors. All of them are primarily influenced by leadership. So if you have a revolving door in HR, you have a leadership problem. Here's the second reason. If customer satisfaction is suffering, let me throw some numbers at you. If you're a numbers kind of person, let me throw some numbers at you. First, consider 70%. 70% is the percentage of customers lost due to a perception of poor service. Not price, not location, quality of service. Who provides that service to your customers? Most likely, it's your employees. Their attitude and their behavior directly impact the customer. Kind of like the old country saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. See, employee engagement directly drives customer satisfaction. Because again, if the employee's not happy, that's going to show in how they interact with the customer. In fact, actually, Gallup did a survey that showed that companies with high employee engagement experienced 10% higher customer satisfaction. 
So customer satisfaction directly drives financial performance. So if the research reveals that 80% of U.S. consumers will actually pay more for a superior customer experience. So we see a link again between employee engagement, customer satisfaction, financial performance. What impacts employee engagement? Your leadership. Here's reason number three. Employees just don't seem to get it. Have you ever had that thought? So as a leader, you got a vision of how you want to see your organization move forward, how things work. Uh, Maybe even things working without you having to be there every minute, right? Wouldn't that be great? That things are clicking along without your having to stick your fingers in every pie every single day and maybe you can go off and enjoy yourself, Uh, see your family once in a while, go do all those fun things you'd like to do, take these things they call vacations. You hired what you thought were good people, but they're just not getting the work done. And when they are, it's usually not the way you would have liked it to be done. What's wrong with them? Do they not get it? Are they lazy? Do they just not care? The latter seems to be the opinion of many managers who have experienced this. They blame it on culture. They blame it on generation. Oh, it's these millennials. Millennials, they're so self-focused. But the research says something different. Census results and research from the Pew Research Center says that's just not so. There are a myriad of reasons why employees may not be getting the job done. Virtually all of them start with the leader. Reason number four, if departments or team members aren't communicating. Have you heard anyone in your organization complain that the right hand doesn't seem to know what the left hand is doing, right? You hear that old phrase? That's a breakdown in communication, folks. If it's by design, it's an even bigger problem. But it should never be happening. The right hand should always know what the left hand is doing within your organization. Breakdowns in communication happen most frequently in the midst of conflict. Fear triggers the guarding of information. Unmet expectations never expressed. Poor listening skills. Confusion. Insecurity, either for the future of the organization or for their own job. Changing that culture, changing that breakdown in communication, improving it, it's up to the leader to spur those kinds of changes. Communication begins from the top. If you're the business owner, if you're the CEO or another executive office Communication, better communication starts with you. And before you say, but I'm a great communicator, you need to know that, first of all, there's been lots of studies to prove that most of us aren't great communicators. And secondly, no matter how good a communicator you are, there is always something more to learn about it. Let me share a secret with you. Well, probably not a big secret. This is my business. This is my calling. This is what I do. And I still have a lot to learn. And I'm learning it each and every day. How to be a better communicator. Poor communication is a sign 
You need leadership development. And finally, number five, if there's a general air of discontent, you can probably feel it if it's there. It's very palpable climate in the office, kind of heaviness in the air almost. People are silent. Something's wrong. Productivity is, is down. But sarcasm, cynicism, and, uh, maintain, and uh, complaining are way up. Perhaps even open hostility is there. These are strong signs of low morale. It requires quick, decisive action from a knowledgeable and experienced leader. The wrong choices here may simply accelerate the downward spiral into total office dysfunction. Without knowing how to identify the issues and address them, it may continue until it is no longer fixable. If you uh, ever remember the old leadership model of, of the phases that teams go through, there's forming, storming, performing, and norming. Well, there's another phase in there that was added at a later time, which is disbanding. Sometimes at some time, at different points in those four phases of a team, the team just dissolves, either because of dysfunction or because it's no longer necessary. But most of the time, it's dysfunction. Everyone loses. The organization loses. The employee loses. You, the leader, loses. Know that when crisis hits, leadership development should become a priority. So let me leave you with this. Here's the tip of the day to get you started on that. One of the things you can do right now to get yourself set up for effective leadership development is to start with getting personality profiles done on all your leaders, including yourself. If you have the resources, ideally do it for the entire team. I'm personally, I'm a big fan of DISC. I'm certified on the DISC model uh, or what they call the model of human behavior. And I love using the DISC. But you know what I never do with any organization that I go in and do that for? I don't pass out the surveys and then place the graft results in front of everybody. And you know why? Because it becomes a parlor game. Right? Everybody goes, you know, oh, I'm an I and you're a D or you're an S and you're a C and no, oh, and, and making big jokes about it. Focus on practical application. So whether you come to me about it or whether you go to anybody about having a personality profile done, make sure that you are very specific about having practical applications of what you learn. Because without those practical applications, this is just another parlor game of putting people putting initials on the side of their cubicle wall. So again, start by getting personality profiles done on all the leaders, including yourself. Again, if you have the resources, ideally the whole team. The more you understand about personality types, the more communication, the more rewards, the more everything you do within your team can be targeted to meet the specific needs of individuals. And that's how you strengthen a team. And that's how you know where to focus your leadership development. We'll be back in a moment. While you're here, 
Take a moment right now to subscribe to the Tech Leaders Toolbox podcast and leave a review. That way, you will always be up to date on the bold and innovative leadership principles we are sharing here. And come join the Tech Leaders Toolbox Facebook group as well, where you and other leaders discuss these concepts in more detail and we answer your questions. Subscribe today and share this with your friends. All right, we reached uh, one of my favorite parts of the show. Again, those of you who've listened to episodes before know that I am a huge fan of outdoor cooking. I do all kinds of outdoor cooking. I have a I have a smoker I keep on my back porch. I have a grill. I have several Dutch ovens, and I love to do cooking over open fire. I camp a lot, so I like to do cooking out there. And so I'm always looking for great recipes. And I love doing all of this so much. I actually created a Facebook group called Smoke and Ash. And on the Smoke and Ash Facebook group, me and all of my friends, we gather together, we go out there regularly, we we share recipes, we share ideas, we share the latest tools and um, equipment that we've bought and how to do it and techniques and we'll argue about the best sauces and things like that. And all of the all the recipes out there are great. And you're welcome to come and join us. Again, it's called Smoke and Ash Facebook group. And you come out and join us and you'll find new recipes out there all the time. And in fact, what I'm going to share with you today, I always share a recipe on the show. And all of the recipes I share on the show are out there on that Facebook group as well. What I want to share with you today is kind of a follow-up edition. Previously, in a previous episode, I created an episode that I called You Can Grill That where I talked about things that you might not otherwise think about putting on the grill that actually do quite well. And it focused on using on different kinds of fruits that you can grill. Today, I'm going to focus on veggies. And I'm going to variate off on some veggies that you may not think about putting on the grill, but actually are quite good. So the first one is avocado. Now, I love avocado, the creaminess, the richness of an avocado when it's nice and ripe is just perfect. That can be enhanced if you put it on the grill. What I normally do is I'll, I'll cut the uh, avocado in half and, of course, take the seed out. And then I'll rub a little bit of olive oil or grapeseed oil on the, on the meat and then season it with either some kind of a slightly spicy seasoning like tahini or Greek seasoning or just salt and pepper and then slap that face down on the grill. You don't even have to worry about peeling it yet. You can worry about it after you've grilled it, but just slap that down face down on the grill uh, for about five, ten minutes and then take that off and then you can then you can go ahead and peel it and oh just the the seasoning and the flavors that get into there that mix with that uh creaminess of the texture of the avocado and all is just terrific. Now here's another one a lot of people don't think about is eggplant. Putting your eggplant on the grill. Now what I'll usually do if I'm using one of the large eggplants then I'll peel the eggplant first. And I'll either cut it into wedges, small wedges, or I'll just cut it, the whole thing, into long strips. And then you want to put it in a colander and sprinkle it with salt for a little bit and let it sit there for about 15 minutes. That draws a lot of the water out of it uh, that gets in there. 
a lot of people say, oh, it draws the toxins out and everything, but you know, there's not really a lot of toxins in eggplant. Uh, so after you've let it sit for about 15 minutes, rinse them off. And then in a bowl, you're going to mix together about three tablespoons of either olive oil or grapeseed oil, about two to three minced cloves of garlic, a teaspoon of parsley, and a teaspoon of oregano, and then about a quarter teaspoon of salt and about one eighth of a teaspoon of pepper. Mix all that together and then take a grill brush, or not a grill brush, but take a brush and brush one side of each of those uh, eggplant strips liberally with that mixture, then place that brushed side down on the grill, and then brush the other side. Grill each side for about three to five minutes. And again, you're going to love the flavor of that. Even if you're not a big eggplant fan, you're going to like this. Here, another one is bell peppers. Uh, I'll sometimes use the mini bell peppers for this, but even full-size bell peppers, grill them whole. Don't open them up. Don't seed them or slice off the tops or anything else. Just rub a little bit of oil on the outside, put them on the grill, turn them often until the skin starts to pop or peel. And then let them cool. You can finish the peeling. And oh, it's, you're basically having roasted peppers and it's delicious. Uh, another one is sweet potatoes. Peel your sweet potatoes. Cut them across into disc about a quarter inch thick. Brush them with butter or oil. Season with pepper or rosemary. Slap them on the grill. Again, delicious. My daughter, who's not a really a big sweet potato fan, loves this. And garlic. Uh, what I do with this is I use what they call the elephant garlic, which are the huge bulbs of garlic. Again, don't peel it or anything. Just uh, any of the loose outer layers, take them off. Rub the whole thing with a little bit of oil. Place it on the grill just off of the direct heat. And this usually works better in a charcoal or wood grill, but you can get away with it in a gas grill. But uh, put it just off of the direct heat. And let it cook there for about 30 to 60 minutes until soft. When it's done, all you have to do is just take one of the cloves off of there and squeeze it. And all of the inside is soft and it comes out. And you can put that on a crostini or a gourmet cracker. And it is delicious, a roasted garlic. So again, uh, that's, uh, that's some of the things you can do with veggies out on the grill that you may not have thought about, about before. And if you have an outdoor recipe you would love to share with me, I would love to hear it. If you send it to me and I share it on the air on the show, I will give you credit and I'll let you know when the episode drops so that you can save it. All you have to do is send your recipe to tltoolbox at boldlylead.com. That's tltoolbox at boldlylead.com. All right, so this week we talked about five reasons why you should be investing in leadership development right now. And if you saw any of those problems within your organization, then you want to get to work right away. Because remember, great leaders know that when everyone else contracts, that's the time to expand. Come on out and join our Facebook group. Uh, we have a Facebook group for the podcast called the Tech Leaders Toolbox, where we expand the discussions that we have here. And if you are listening to this on a podcast app, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the podcast. That's going to help other people find it, and they can benefit from this as well if you're getting value out of this. Well, that's all for this week, folks. Until next week, go out and be the leader you were meant to be. Hey.